Use my laser to kill. You're a toy! Use your karate chop action! Stop that! What's going on down there? Come in, Star Command. Send reinforcements. You That is some intense Toy Story action from 1995. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 142 of Exactly Enough Time. Exactly Enough Time is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know we can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection? I am your host, Stacy Julian. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story, because you have exactly enough time. Hey, it is podcast day, and I have a really fun and informative show lined up for you. But first, were you there for Disney's first computer-generated animated film back in 1995? I was there with two really cute toe-headed toddlers. And we are going to talk toys today. We're gonna talk about creativity and the importance of play. In fact, the genius of play. My guest today, all the way from New York City, is Anna Udina, who is the Senior Director of Marketing Initiatives with the Toy Association. Yeah. I am excited for you to learn much more about this organization that has invested many resources into helping us, you and me, and children and teens, adults, families, um, develop a stronger sense of emotional wellness. That's really what play is about. And there's kind of a bonus for you too, because we're headed into the holiday season, you're going to learn a lot about Toys. I'm so excited to cut to my conversation with Anna Udina. Hey friends. So now is my chance. I'm actually sitting down with Anna Udina and she is the, I'll probably say this wrong, the Senior Marketing Director over Initiatives with the Toy Association. Now you say it right, Anna. <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> you got it almost right. A senior director of marketing initiatives at the Toy Association. Initiatives. Potato, potato. <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited to visit with you because I'm so curious about what you do. And we're going to get into that much, much more. But just start so that we get to know you a little bit personally. I want to just, where are you from? Tell me a bit about your family. Just, you know. Tell us what your favorite toy. We're going to talk about toys and we're going to talk about play. So tell me what your favorite toy was as a child. How's that? Oh my God. This is like the best way to start a conversation. This is so much fun. Thank you, Stacy. So I had a couple of uh, favorite toys growing up, depending on the age. And the first toy, according to my mom, there was a little stuffed elephant that I got as a gift when I was just one year old. And 
we became inseparable friends, apparently. I would just want this toy with me all the time. I don't really remember any of that, but my mom still has the elephant and it looks so cute. So, and you know, later on, uh, when I was a bigger kid, uh, one of the toys that I really loved was a microscope. So it was oh. a science toy and it came with a couple of samples. And then I really loved just examining my hair and my sister's hair and insects and nails and whatever I could find. I was interested in biology. I read a lot of books about animals and nature and that just kind of made it more hands-on and allowed me to explore a little bit. That's awesome. That's so fun. Now, where are you from, Anna? Yeah, so I'm originally from the former Soviet Union and I grew up uh, together with my sister. We lived in a big apartment building, so there were a lot of other kids. So uh, I did have a, a very playful childhood. Uh, a lot of it was spending time with other kids. We had a big common yard. So whenever I would go out, there would be other kids to play with. Um, you know, we played in any weather. Um, summers were great. Winters were cold and snowy, but, uh, but we enjoyed building snow forts and skating and skiing. Um, it was just very playful and a lot of fun. That's so similar, actually. <clears throat> I'm, I'm from Seattle, Washington. So when you started talking about we played in any weather, so did we. My mother would be like, go outside. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's happening, you know. But I, that's so interesting because I, I had toys, but I did a lot of um, experimenting, like just making up, you know. I, I compared things. I was creative. I would build things. So definitely my toys were kind of more along the lines of crayons and and markers and scissors and cutting things up. But it's so interesting because that's still what I do. So I think there's, you know, that's fascinating that those those interests, right, are there for a lot of people right from the very beginning. So I want to know, and my listeners want to know, because I didn't know there was such a thing. What is the Toy Association? And here's the other fascinating thing, and you'll tell us, but it's been around a lot longer than I would have guessed. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yes, you are absolutely right. The Toy Association has been around for over 100 years. So that's huh. a long time. That's over a century. Uh, it was formed back in 1916, and it has quite a fascinating story. So Originally, initially, it was called Toy Manufacturers of America. And back then, toys were primarily imported from Europe, countries like Germany, and they were expensive. They were considered luxury goods. But at the same time, there was this growing middle class in America. Things were changing. So there was a lot of growing demand for affordable toys, toys that, that would be mass produced, toys that more kids could be enjoying and playing with. So a new domestic toy industry of American manufacturers emerged to serve this new demand. And in 1916, representatives from those relatively new companies they were startups at the time they met in new york city in the flat iron district to be specific and they decided that they needed an organization that would represent their interests 
collectively because they were a new and growing industry. So they wanted somebody to represent their interests in the market. So as you can imagine, um, the association has evolved a lot over a course of its 100-year-old history. And today it is no longer called Toy Manufacturers of America. We are called, as you correctly said, the Toy Association. And that reflects um, the breadth of our membership. So it's no longer just manufacturers, although we still have companies like Lego and Hasbro and Mattel and hundreds of other manufacturers, big and small, but we also have retailers like Target and Amazon. We have licensors, designers, and many other companies in the youth entertainment space. So it really has become the leader of the toy and play industry. And we still are true to our original purpose. We still represent the collective interests of the industry. We provide our members with programs, services, research, events, all kinds of things that they need in order to grow their business. That's amazing. So one thing that I um, I noticed that the Toy Association does is it actually tracks the trends. So toy trends, and I'm I'm curious because I'm a relatively new grandma, um, and what I see kids using today or playing with today is very different than what my kids played with, and it's the advent of screens. I see a lot of screens for young and old, and so I'm just curious, like what is the Toy Association? What have they learned as they've done research and what are some of the trends? What's what's happening in the world of not only toys, but just sort of entertainment for, for kids and teens? Yeah, it's definitely evolving. And yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, screens are a big part of our lives. But at the same time, we are seeing very encouraging toy trends that actually show that play remains relevant and not only for kids, mm -hmm. but for adults as well. So one of the trends, one of the most fascinating, interesting trends that we have been seeing for a while is actually called kidults. So it's like a happy marriage between a kid and an adult. And sure. what it is, it is people who are no longer kids technically. So teens, young adults, older people, middle-aged people, all sorts of people enjoying playing with toys so not just playing sports not just playing sort of like adult things but really re-engaging with their inner child and building something from bricks collectibles you know collecting all sorts of toys arts and crafts um you probably saw lego sets that are definitely made for adults and not kids and that is all a reflection of this growing trend of adults embracing toys as an escape, as a stress reduction mechanism, as just mm -hmm. a source of joy, and also just as a way to connect with other adults or with their inner child. So that is a big trend that we have been seeing for, for a couple of years. And sort of like um, in addition to that, we're also seeing a trend called tween takeover. So you know, those tweens and teens, you, you know how they love their phones, they love social media. So the silver lining of that, that 
there is now a cool factor in collecting, customizing, and displaying toys on social media. So they, they can actually connect with other kids who have similar interests. And, you know, it's a coolness factor to be a toy yeah. collector or to show off something that you made with your hands. So the toy industry is responding to that uh, with more toys that cater to this tween and teen demographic so we are seeing fidget toys sensory toys arts and crafts collectibles tech toys all kinds of toys that appeal to this older demographic i just i am learning so much and i think you know you're right so much of what you've just said is what i've seen you know just even in the airport i was in the airport yesterday and we had some time to kill and the airport i mean just even little lego sets or just they're everywhere, aren't they? It's just, it really, toys are everywhere. And we went into a Barnes and Noble and I feel like half of Barnes and Noble now is toys and, and toys that go with books. So there's a lot of just newer things that I hadn't exposed myself to for a while. So anyway, that's, that's so fun. So I was just with my three-year-old granddaughter yesterday. Um, and I have to tell you, because I was writing questions, you know, for you that I was going to pose to you in this interview. And so I thought, well, I'll ask Audrey, um, you know, what's your favorite toy? And so, and she carries, first of all, you need to know, she carries, she has two princess wands and she always has one of them in her hand. I mean, I just feel like, you know, and if we leave the house and she doesn't have a princess wand with her, then there's a meltdown, right? So super cute. So I said, I said, Audrey, what is your favorite toy? And she's holding this wand and she goes, mermaid. And so I'm kind of stunned. I'm like, mermaid? Okay. Well, I thought you would say your princess wand because you love your wand and you carry it with you everywhere. And she looked at me very earnestly and she said, this not a toy, Grandma. This is a wand. <laughs> so I just chuckled. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is not a toy. This is my wand. I have a mermaid that's a toy. So I just thought, Anna, talk to me for a minute about this right? How important this kind of imaginative play is because in her mind, one was a toy and one was an extension. Like you say, it was her, her wand. It's her princess power. So I'm so curious about that. Tell me about it. This is such a great example. And, you know, it shows just how important toys are in their lives um, of the little ones. And, Imaginative play is critical to kids, um, especially during those early years, preschool, kindergarten, early elementary. Um, there is obvious benefit of imagination and creativity, right? So we don't need to talk a lot about that. So obviously when she's True. a princess and she's wielding those magical powers, yeah. she is exas uh, exercising her imagination and creativity. She's creating stories. So mm -hmm. all of that is happening. But there are a couple of other important things that are happening behind the scenes. And one is this connection between imaginary play and foundational skills in literacy. So there was a really interesting study that showed that kids who were engaged in pretend play, like reading to their stuffed animals. Um, I'm sure your granddaughter does that as well. She gathers her toys around and she's like reading to them in quotation marks because she doesn't yet know how mm -hmm. to read. So those kids who engaged in those activities, they had better language abilities later on in kindergarten and elementary school. So Researchers actually believe that pretend play serves as a necessary 
precursor to literacy development. And the reason is it helps kids develop abstract thinking. So what is abstract thought? Well, it is an understanding that one thing can stand for another. You know, her magic wand is her stick. Sorry, her stick is a magic wand. Uh, mm-hmm. A banana can be a phone. Uh, mm-hmm. A stick can be a horse. So a lot of things can stand for for other things, and that is the same process mentally that we use when we are learning how to read because a letter stands for a specific sound it's a symbol so this ability to understand symbols and understand that they can stand for other things is so important to healthy development of literacy and that is happening during pretend play so that is one thing And there is a completely different, but also hugely important benefit of imaginary play, which has to do with the child's emotional development. So now we're talking about healthy emotions and self-regulation, the ability of a kid to manage and cope with their emotions, which nobody is born with that. That's why we have tantrums. That's why kids have their up and downs and meltdowns and things like that. So kids experience big emotions. Sometimes they can be positive. Sometimes they can be negative. It can be fear, anger, frustration. And you will often see a child, a four, five, six-year-old, playing pretend, again, often with their stuffed animals with dolls. And they are kind of recreating scenarios from life. And they experience and process the same emotions. Well, maybe something happened on the playground. Somebody came and shook their toy away. Or they jumped on the swing and it wasn't their turn. And the child was frustrated. So all of that finds reflection in pretend play. It's a safe space. It allows kids to reenact and relive reprocess those emotions in a safe situation that they can control and in the process they learn little by little it doesn't happen overnight but little by little they learn this art and ability of self-regulation which is basically the ability to recognize your feelings understand what they are and manage and cope with those feelings in a healthy constructive way Anna, that was an amazing explanation. I don't think I've actually ever had someone explain so well to me, you know, and I've read a ton about play and I love just creativity. I love studying imagination and just how important it is even for me as an adult. And you just explained so well how important it is to emotional regulation, to literacy, to all of these things that we want for our children. So that's, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Um, I want to kind of transition now to something that the Toy Association is providing or working on. You'll explain it to me, but it's called the genius of play. So what I'm a big fan, like I just said, but tell my listeners what exactly is the genius of play and and why why are you right now, you know, seeking and granting podcast interviews? What are you so excited about? I want to know. The genius of play is something I'm truly excited about. And it is an initiative by the Toy Association that started in 2015. So it's been around for a number of years. And the mission of the genius of play really is to inspire more play at home and in the classroom. 
So mm. what exactly should we do? Well, we started by doing tons of research and working with a lot of experts. That's, that's where I learned all the information about imaginative play and literacy <laughs> and emotional regulation because we work with um, psychologists, with educational learning specialists, with occupational therapists, with all kinds of experts. And, and then really wanted to disseminate the information and educate parents and caregivers about the benefits of play. So that's how the Genius of Play started. And then we got really great response and parents and caregivers and educators, quite honestly, they were embracing the genius of play and all the research and all the benefits, but but they were asking us, well, how do I play? What exactly should I do? What are the right activities? What are the best toys? So we were getting all those questions. So the genius of play has evolved as a resource. And right now we are providing tons of free play activities, uh, ideas, games, expert advice, all those resources for families, for educators through our website, which is thegeniusofplay.org, by the way, and also through our social media channels. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, our handle is Genius of Play, we have a YouTube channel as well. So there are a lot of places where parents and caregivers and educators can find us. And the reason I'm so excited about the Genius of Play, well, uh, one is that I think that kids need to play more. Uh, because we know, you know, we just talked about it. There are so many benefits. Uh, this is how kids learn and develop. This is also a source of emotional well-being, happiness, joy. So we can talk about that also as well. And while many parents agree that play is important, well, let's face it, we lead busy lives and mm -hmm. families have a lot of competing priorities between school and work and extracurricular activities and family and all sorts of obligations. There is so much. So mm -hmm. I feel like we need the genius of play to remind parents to take a time for play, uh, to allow mm -hmm. their kids the time, the space, give them the materials, the toys, let their imagination fly, let them engage in that hands-on imaginative play. And we also have all sorts of ideas. So if you're not sure where to start, if you're looking for things to do with your family, the Genius of Play is really helpful as a practical resource. And we literally have play ideas and games for kids of all ages on our website. I am so impressed with it. I, I really, really, and I will, of course, put all of the links in the show notes. But you guys, please promise me that you will go check out thegeniusofplay.org. I spent just maybe 15 minutes, you know, kind of looking. There are, there are PDFs to download. There are so many ideas, just like Anna has explained. But I, I felt like when I walked away, Anna... <clears throat> Even though I was doing chores and I was just interacting with my my teenage daughter, I felt more playful. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm kind of a playful person, but I feel like just exposing myself to some of the resources available that I was then approaching the day from a more playful perspective. And I think that's important too. So I want to just kind of go next to because one of the main areas on on the Genius of Play website is it just talks about the benefits. Um, you know, major categories, you know, physical, emotional, like we've mentioned, both of those social, 
um, communication. What's your favorite? I mean, do you have a favorite benefit of play or is there one that you want to dive into a minute, you know, dive into for a minute and talk to us about? Oh, right. Well, this is like having your favorite toy, right? So I (laughs) choose, maybe not my favorite necessarily. They're all important. Well, first of all, all six that you mentioned, you know, physical, cognitive, social, emotional, creativity, communication, they all are important for raising a well-rounded, healthy, happy child. But there is one benefit that I think we need to talk about now. And specifically, this is emotional. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, there is a lot of recent data that suggests that today's kids are not okay. They're more emotionally stressed than ever. And there is a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of new studies coming out on that. Um, there is a conversation about the mental health crisis. And unfortunately, that affects not only adults and teens, but also younger kids. So I really wanted to talk about the emotional benefits of play and what parents can do to help their kids develop healthy emotions. So the Genius of Play actually partnered with a mental health expert earlier this year. We partnered with Talia Filippelli. She's the founder of Star Therapy, and she works with families and kids on all sorts of mental and emotional health issues. And she helped us develop a fantastic resource. It's called Emotional Wellness Playbook. And it is one of the PDFs that you mentioned that you can download from the geniusofplay.org. It is currently in our play ideas and games section. So that emotional wellness playbook is specifically a collection of activities that help kids develop the five key components of emotional intelligence. Emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence is also known as EQ. And it has been shown to help kids to be correlated with better grades in school. Kids stay in school longer. They make healthier choices overall. Also, high emotional intelligence is a better predictor of career success than IQ, which is purely cognitive, which I find fascinating and awesome. So uh, in my opinion, you need both. And a lot of people agree you need both, obviously, but EQ is actually even a better predictor of career success. And if you think about it, it's not surprising because we don't work alone. We work with people and everything that we accomplish at work depends on our relationships, on how we are able to relate to other people, how we are able to influence them. And that is where emotional intelligence is super important. So so back to the emotional Mm -hmm. wellness playbook, it is a collection of activities, games. We have fun things there like emoji bingo, for instance. You've got to play emoji bingo. It's so much fun and it can be played with kids of different ages. There are activities like DIY calming bottle, which is great for self-regulation. So if your kid has trouble dealing with big emotions, creating something like a DIY calming bottle is a great tool that a lot of mental health experts recommend. We have activities like vision board, which are great for teens and tweens. So it really spans um, the whole spectrum of kids' child ages. And you can do those activities one-on-one with your child. You can get other kids involved. It's very customizable. And it, it is designed to help kids develop each of the five components of emotional intelligence, which is emotional self-awareness, 
kind of like understanding what what is this emotion that I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. you know, de- developing yeah. that emotional vocabulary, self-regulation, which we already talked about, empathy, which is super important, relating to how other people are feeling, motivation, which is so important for goal setting and just mm-hmm. achieving anything in life, you need motivation, and finally, social skills. So mm-hmm. I think every parent, every listener will agree. Those are all so important to our overall well-being, emotional, and how we relate to other people in our family, in our circle, and society in general. And mm-hmm. those activities are fun. They're not like daunting or, you know, boring in any way. So you, right. you will that, just that's be having what tons I of fun with your kids. Yeah, I think that's what I want to just reassure someone listening. You you are busy, but you know whether you're a mother or a grandmother, an auntie, whatever. You know this this website is basically done for you. Like just just come explore and you know come with with your needs or your interest, and you'll find something to download and read, and it will be so easy to use. And that's what I think is you. It's truly an amazing resource. So I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on and to be able to learn more about it. I want to, before I want to start wrapping up a little bit, but I want to hear about, I think you have a new podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about this podcast? And I actually listened to an episode with Simon Sinek and it was so well done. It was really fun to listen to, but tell me more about it. Oh, thank you, Stacey. So um, you must be talking about our podcast series called Once Upon a Playtime. And thank you so much for your kind words. So we created this podcast for parents to listen together with their kids, especially if your kids are a little bit older. Uh, We interviewed several famous personalities. You mentioned Simon Sinek. We also had actress Alicia Silverstone on the show. We had Lego artist Nathan Sawaya. So we asked them all, how did they play as kids? What were their favorite toys? So kind of like the same thing that you asked me in the beginning, but just in more depth. And then we wanted to connect the dots between how they played as a child and how they became who they are today. How did it impact them, influence them? We talked about it a little bit in the beginning as well. So there are some fascinating stories between this about this connection between playing as a child and what you do as an adult, either for your career or as a hobby or both. So this is what the podcast is about. Every episode is only 15 minutes and it is narrated. So there is a narrator in addition to the guest. And it's kind of like in this fun storybook format. So we're telling Mm -hmm. a story about a particular personality like Simon Sinek or Alicia Silverstone. Um, It is on Apple, Spotify. It's on our website as well. So really anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, it's just a great show to listen for yourself, but also to share with with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a fun, a fun and, and quick, like you say, in and out, but, but really packed with some great insight. So I think you're going to really love that listeners listening to, um, to tell me the name one more time of the podcast. It's called once upon a playtime, once upon a playtime that obviously speaks to the story. Yeah. The, the way it's organized as a story. That's so fun. Okay. Anna, I have just a couple questions that I ask all of my uh, my guests at the at the end of a conversation. Um, the first one, and um, I'd love to. It's called People, Places, and Things, 
And I want to know just, you can pick one person, one place, or one thing, something that really has your interest and attention and focus right now. Will you tell us? Yes, there is something really big um, that is going to happen just later on this week. And it is 100% related to Toys and Play. Uh, it is the signature event that's called Toy Fair New York. So Toy Fair New York is going to open this week, obviously in New York City. And it is an event by the Toy Association. We are expecting over 1,000 companies that will be showing all that's hot and new in toys. There will be a ton oh of media. And it's just, we haven't had toy fair since before COVID. So it's been a long time. And I absolutely look forward to connecting and reconnecting with all my colleagues and friends in the toy industry. And of course, seeing what's going to be new and hot in toys. Oh my goodness. I want to go. <laughs> that's a, I bet that's such a colorful fun, like truly play. What If you're going to go to a trade show, you know, Toy Fair, it probably doesn't get any better than Toy Fair. That's amazing. And to, and to have it coming back after COVID. Congratulations. That's exciting. So fun. Thank you. Thank you. I was so excited. So my, my final question um, is, it um, has to do with the title of my podcast, which is exactly enough time. So I want you to say, Anna, say, I, Anna, have exactly enough time for what? I have exactly enough time for helping someone who needs help. I'm so grateful to all the people who have been helping me. And that starts with my family, my friends, my wonderful colleagues, but that's not it. There's so many other people. Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know even you don't even know them very well, but they are willing to help, to answer a question, to make your day a little bit brighter. So I'm very grateful, and I also believe that you give what you get, you get what you give. So um, I try to share compassion, to share kindness, and whenever I can to help people and find the time for that. Sometimes time is an excuse, right? It's like, oh, I don't have time for this. But uh, I think I, I have exactly enough time for that because that oh is really goodness. important. I absolutely love that. It's so fun. I'm telling you what, like starting a podcast, you know, I get to meet the coolest people and I just, I think it's such a fun way to connect. And I just, you know, you've come on here to share your expertise and your excitement for, for how play and toys are important in the development of children and adults. Um, but I, I love that I get these little peeks into the person that I'm talking to. And that's just a beautiful response that we do have exactly enough time to just be kind and helpful and aware of each other. So what a great response. Thank you so much, Anna, for being with me today. Is there anything else that you didn't get to say that you want to before we say goodbye to our listeners? Well, um, actually, I do because the holiday season is coming up and a lot of your listeners will probably be, be looking for toys. And I get this question all the time. Well, what are the hot toys? So I have a couple of resources to help your listeners find the best toys. So one is toyawards.org. 
So this is a website for Toy of the Year Awards by the Toy Foundation. And right now it features finalists in 17 different toy categories. So there are categories from dolls and action figures to like vehicles and games and arts and crafts and many more. So if you want to know what the hottest toys are, this is like a great place to start, toyawards.org. Uh, And the second resource is for those who will be looking to buy uh, STEAM toys, uh, which are science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of interest amongst parents and educators in those kinds of toys because they are educational in nature. So they're more than just fun. They actually help kids uh, learn some of those important concepts. So the Toy Association has a STEAM accreditation program. We partner with a company called the Good Play Guide, and they have a very rigorous process for evaluating toys on a product-by-product basis to determine whether or not it meets criteria as a STEAM toy. So how effective is it actually in teaching kids science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So the toys that got the, the earned their stamp of approval, they're all available on the geniusofplay.org slash steam. So it's the same website where you'll find all the resources, just slash steam. And you can also see we have over 200 toys for kids of different ages. And the good thing is that they have all been vetted by kids as well as child development professionals. Wow. Okay, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, I've heard of STEM, but on the, on the website I kept read on the website I kept reading STEAM and I'm like, "Okay, thank you so much for clarifying what that means. That's awesome." Okay, we are we are just super short on time. So I just want to thank you so much for just for coming on again for your expertise. And I think we're going to put all this information in the show notes and I'm going to share it on my social media. You have given me and my listeners so much good information and resources for, like you say, headed into the heading into the holiday season and just for for giving our children um, and our families more of what we need to come together. And yeah enjoy each other, communicate better, you know, be more creative and, and just experience life in, in a better um, and more healthy way. So thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Stacy. It's been such a pleasure to share the genius of play with all your listeners. Thank you. That was good, huh? Like jam packed with tons of very interesting information. And I really do hope that you'll visit the show notes at stacyjulian.com and follow all of the links that I've got there for you so that you can investigate and explore more of what Anna was teaching us today. I love hearing from my podcast friends. So if you want to share your favorite toy or something that you do at home or or when you're out and about to be more playful, to interact with with a greater degree of curiosity with this amazing world that we live in, send me a speak pipe message and I will most likely share it right here on the show. Also, I happen to be working on something super fun and playful. It's a brand new class that I will be teaching and I will be back very soon, maybe even next week, to tell you all about it with another episode of Exactly Enough Time.